You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Episode 33 of the Archaeology and Ale podcast, and this segment of Half Pint. The podcast is brought to you by Archaeology in the City, the community outreach program from the University of Sheffield's Department of Archaeology. In this Half Pint, we welcome Dr. Isabel Cook, telling us about climate change and historical landscapes. I've graduated from the University of Sheffield um, after undertaking a PhD that I did there looking at the impact of current and future climate change on archaeology, specifically historic landscapes and how those impacts could be sustainably managed. So I focused on a study area on the west coast of Wales. It was a really beautiful area of Snowdonia um, and I was lucky enough to visit several times for field work which was a real highlight for me of my kind of PhD experience. Um, I did have some archaeological experience um, before my PhD, for instance, from excavations during my undergraduate, undergraduate degree and when I was kind of 17. Um, but to be honest, when I started, I was really lacking some of the kind of archaeolog- archaeological knowledge and skills starting my PhD because my master's was in climate change. So I kind of felt like I, was, I had to go to a few of the master's courses so I could kind of actually understand what I was supposed to be talking about. Um, but yeah, currently I'm working as a research and projects officer for Change Agents UK, which is a sustainability charity um, which works with organisations and um, facilitates uh, sustainability related projects. And I'm also applying to be a secondary uh, geography teacher at the moment. So, Considering your background education, what made you want to switch to archaeology and what inspired your PhD project? Um, well, I did my, I was always really interested in archaeology. So I actually, for my undergraduate degree, started doing archaeology, uh, kind of, uh, you know, it was just, just archaeology. Um, but then I realized that I thought I wanted to be a geography teacher. So I changed to joint honors. So I was doing half geography, half archaeology. Um, and so I did my undergraduate dissertation on uh, the potential impact of future sea level rise on archaeological sites. Um, and because I found, although well, I kind of still wanted to be a teacher, I found the climate change stuff that I'd learned about so interesting. So I went on to do a master's in climate change and environmental policy. Um, and because I, I thought I was really keen to pursue that in terms of either research or, you know, if I didn't want to go into teaching, maybe as a career. Um, but then when I was doing my master's, although it was super interesting, I found it really striking that there was a real lack of any mention of cultural heritage, um, in particular material cultural heritage. So often things like um, indigenous cultures were mentioned or indigenous ways of life, they're mentioned in reference to the impact of climate change on them. Um, but when discussing things like the countryside or rural areas, the only discourse was kind of about ecology or sometimes at a push. Um, economy in terms of the agricultural economy, but there was really nothing about um, archaeological sites or remains or, 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 or anything like that. And I think coming from 
previously having studied archaeology, I thought kind of like, hold on a minute, you know, why is no one talking about this? Um, so I felt like there was a big gap there that I wanted to kind of pursue. So that's kind of why I went went into the PhD and kind of wanted to bring my climate change knowledge that I got for my master's, but apply it to archaeology, which I didn't feel like was being done all, all that much. And tell us more about your project. What were its goals and what methods did you use to answer your research questions? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of after many different plans and iterations and proposals, which changed hugely, um, the main goal of my PhD eventually um, was to create a kind of framework that could be used to assess the vulnerability of historic landscapes and the features within them to climate change. Um, based on a range of criteria such as the nature of the archaeological remains, um, the soil type, slope steepness, uh, rates of coastal erosion and sea level rise, um, projected changes to precipitation and temperature, um, and many other things. And so this framework could then um, be applied to different uh, landscapes. And so it would allow, rather than individual studies looking at, oh, how is this site going to be affected or how is this small area going to be affected, um, the idea was to create a framework that could be applied to many landscapes and then we could kind of get, get a much bigger picture. Um, and the kind of the last element of the framework then kind of allowed for different management techniques to be compared in terms of their sustainability um, to, to determine the best way to manage the predicted risk, both in terms of um, how effective it is for protecting that archaeology, but also how economically, environmentally and socially sustainable um, those methods are. Um, so I kind of, focusing on my study area, I did a lot of things like trying to get to grips with the archaeology of that area and the kind of nature of that historic landscape. Um, doing things like geophysical surveying and kind of walkover surveys. Um, I used a lot of GIS, which I never thought I would because I hate computers. Um, but yeah, so kind of the, the aim wasn't to just look at this one place, but it was to create a method that could be used across many different places. Um, because obviously the gap that I noticed wasn't just like, oh, this place in Wales, no one knows how archaeology will be affected. It was kind of like, in policy in general and impact and adaptation studies in general, archaeology isn't being mentioned. So maybe I can create a way that will facilitate the inclusion of archaeology within those studies. So yeah, that was my kind of main goal. You mentioned a lack of consideration for archaeological remains in studying climate change. In your experience, has this changed or improved at all since you've started your research? Um, I think it's definitely changing and it's obviously it changed over the four years. It's been about four years since I was applying for my PhD. And since that point, there's been loads and loads of, of progress, I think, in terms of um, both archaeological and heritage organizations recognizing the threat of climate change and kind of how, how they need to address that. And also, kind of in general policy, people thinking actually like, um, you know, built heritage, material heritage is really important. And realizing that the impacts of climate change are more kind of widespread. Um, so I think there has been, as I was doing my PhD, there was more and more things being released about like, actually these people are doing this and these people are doing that. So while that's great, I was kind of like, slow down guys. But yeah, so loads more has been done, um, but I think it's particularly 
when I was applying for it in kind of 2016, I really, you really couldn't see much um, kind of real holistic inclusion of that archaeology and policy. Can you tell us more about what you learned during your PhD research? Was there anything that you didn't expect? Yeah, there was one or two actually. I think, I think you know, a lot of people can guess that sea level rise or coastal erosion won't be great for sites near the coast because, you know, they'll be inundated, they'll be eroded. Like, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but there were a few other, like, cool, kind of less obvious ways that I found out that archaeology is at risk that I, I mean, other people might have considered, but I hadn't initially considered. Um, so one of them is that rising temperatures obviously allow certain species of plant and animals um, to expand, kind of expand their ranges to higher latitudes and altitudes. So in this area, it's like not further north. Um, and that means that archaeological sites in more northern latitudes, particularly those with organic remains, for instance, uh, will become increasingly at risk of insect attack, for instance, because insects will both expand their range and overwinter more successfully. So come the spring, there are still more insects around um, and populations can increase and sometimes insects can kind of have two breeding cycles uh, rather than one in a year because of the warmer temperatures. Um, and also things like bioturbation from the action of plant roots can can like break up buried sites because the growing season is extending. So plants are growing for longer each year, and so the, the action of those kind of like biological actions um, can really impact archaeological sites. And I think it's also seen in uh, shipwrecks because ship um, worms and stuff like that are moving into further north uh, waters that are further north. Um, I also hadn't considered initially the impact that kind of mitigative actions against climate change um, could have. So, for instance, like offshore wind farms are being built to reduce climate change or to take action against climate change. Um, but they're being built in the North Sea where there's shallower areas. But in those shallower areas, they used to be above sea level and they were inhabited. Um, but because the sea there is now kind of 30 meters deep and is really quite rough, obviously you can't, it's more difficult for archaeologists to identify whether they're being built on archaeological sites. You know, you can't just do a strip map and sample at the bottom of the North Sea. So there are watching briefs. So if any of the, if any kind of like obvious flint comes up, they're like, oh, well, maybe we need to look at this, but it could just be lost in all the sediment. So I think it's interesting that the actions that we're taking to try to like, mitigate climate change could also themselves be having a negative impact on the archaeological record. Finally, tell us about the future of archaeology and climate change. What can be done to help preserve archaeological remains and heritage sites in the face of a changing climate? I think what a lot of people focus on um, is kind of like how do we protect this site from climate change? But I think it'd be really cool if, and what a lot of my PhD focused on actually, is if kind of heritage organisations or local councils could start focusing instead on the, the historic landscape and the way its character as a whole can be protected, rather than thinking that kind of as long as we put a fence around the famous visible sites, then we've protected our connection to the past. Um, because, you know, in many places, but perhaps particularly clearly in Britain, because it's such a small island, our history and kind of the history of the general working population rather than the few that history books are written about 
um, their history is kind of manifested in the landscape through field boundary patterns, the names and characteristics of towns, the remnants of industrial activity in upland areas. Um, you know, the character of these landscapes is really important to national identity and local identity and a feeling of kind of a connection with generations past. And I think that often for the sake of budgets, a few token sites are preserved at the expense of the character of the surrounding area. And obviously I'm not saying that all landscapes should be cryogenically frozen and nothing should change. The whole thing about landscapes is that they're dynamic and they're always changing. And the way, the way that they look today is due to the layers and layers of changes that have occurred across history. So additional layers will be added in the future. But I think a holistic view of that is really valuable when thinking about how best to address the threat of climate change to archaeology, rather than thinking like, we'll just protect this one and whatever about the rest. You know, how can we do a more holistic view? Thank you for listening to this Archaeology and Ale Half Pint. For more information about Isabel or her research, please visit the show notes which accompany this episode. And for more information about our podcast, please visit our page on the Archaeology Podcast Network. You can get in touch with us at Archaeology in the City on Facebook, WordPress, Instagram, or Twitter. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. See you next time. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.